So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. This episode is brought to you by the Crisp Copy Class, part course, part community, all class. It's free to get on the wait list and enrolments for round two, 2019, open in June. Today, we're graced with the presence of Jennifer Zevin. Jennifer. Hello. Use your words. What's your favourite? Um, do you know what? I think I have favourite words depending on my mood. So today, today I think my favourite word is vanilla. Vanilla? That's like I think the flavour vanilla. Oh. It's such a, um, a comforting, like it's like a cuddle if you have like a cup of milk with vanilla in it. It's, like it's kind of, of used in a really derogatory way usually, like, oh, my God, she's so vanilla. Yeah. And I was just thinking like in some of the very spontaneous questions we've got, I'm actually going to use it in a derogative way. But at the moment <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of like vanilla ice cream and eggnog and stuff. I can get on board with that. I can get on board yeah. with that. And one of the things that I have to thank the Chris Copy class for, which I spruiked oh so professionally at the beginning of this episode, is that it's where I got to hang out with you and make internet buddies. Yep. So um, I'm super appreciative for that and for you being part of the course. Um, but today, the real reason I wanted to chat you up was because you are my very best feminist rant writing mate. <clears throat> and you've done this purposeful thing of positioning your copywriting and content writing business with the phrase opinionated woman. And there are so many other women in business where this is a place that they just fear to tread. They can't, they don't, they don't even feel like they can pick a side because they might be judged. So I wanted to know how come you're so brave and I have so much to say about this topic, as you know, because we've been having an ongoing Facebook conversation about this for the last few Yes, we have. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that you do too. So for once, I'm actually going to shut up and let me tell, let you tell me all of your opinionated woman opinions. Well, I guess um, <clears throat> the idea to use the opinionated woman tag came to me last year. I was having a coffee with one of my friends and she was just talking about her sister-in-law who is opinionated <laughs> and I sort of sat back and said to her, you know, people say I'm opinionated all the time. <laughs> and, um, and after that day I really sort of gave you a thought to uh, exactly how how gendered that is as an insult because when I mean we do say men are opinionated but not in the same way that we will say oh she's she's very opinionated it's, it's yes it's I've never opinion. heard anyone go oh my goodness have you met him he's got so many opinions exactly I've never heard that in 41 years of life exactly because it's never been said I know because it's just assumed that um that men have opinions and we'll listen to them so, um, so yeah, what I want to try and do with it is is basically to flip it over and repurpose it and turn it into more of a, a statement of power and purpose because, I mean, I'm a woman and I do have things to say and people should listen to me because, <laughs> <laughs> because you know, um, we, we all have different perspectives and if we only hear one and if we sort of go, oh, she's so opinionated and then switch off, we're going to miss a lot of of women who are telling some good truths. 
I love that. I, I've done a little bit of that since I've been, um, and my little boy says, mummy, you're internet famous. Um, I don't know who taught him that. I totally did. No, and <laughs> I, I did a little bit of that when I decided to start using the word fat a lot. And I was like, it, it's not a hateful word. And people really react. Like I walk into most workshops now and when I introduce myself, I'm like, you know, I rub people up the wrong way and da, 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 and this is what happens. And, you know, how dare this kind of fat, white, um, disabled person tell us what to do and you can like nothing else in that sentence offends them it's the word fat but I think the more that I use it and the more that I show people that it that I'm that's something that I'm embracing then Mm. it takes that that negative power away from it that's right that's what I say to my kids it's just a descriptive word yeah but um but yeah um what was another thing so the opinionation is that a word I'm making it I don't know make it up we're copywriters that's what we do that's right it all started um so I'm a mum I've got I've got three kids now but when I first came to motherhood I really felt absolutely like these are some of the things that you're not meant to say about motherhood yeah I felt really silenced by it all yes yeah I felt like I was pushed into a little tiny corner of my of my brain and that the, the mother me took over and took everybody else's focus and was basically just working in the background holding this baby, you know. Yeah. You know, I'd say, oh, I'm really not very happy and people would go, but you've got beautiful children. Yeah, like that fixes the whole life. Yeah, it totally so- changes you. And the minute you're pregnant, you start becoming mum. People actually yeah. call you mum like, and they're not even of your womb. Yeah, they do. Weird. They go, hi, mama. What? <laughs> I have a personality. It's just really tired. Yeah, and I do. I just, I distinctly remember thinking, but I'm still here. Why mm. aren't you speaking to me? Yeah. Um, so that kind of, basically that's something that really pissed me off for, yeah. from early motherhood, um, that I just seemed to recede into the background. And, and people, they perceive you differently, and, and they do. They sort of, not everybody, but generally, they... they Mothers aren't meant to to have hard things to say, you know. No. Um, so that's that's sort of where it all. That was the wellspring for it all, I suppose. Yeah. So then you started um, a business so that you could put your opinions on the internet. Pretty much, yeah. That was part <laughs> of it. That was part of it. Um, my son wrote me a letter at daycare when he was three <laughs> uh, for Mother's Day, and he said, "I love Mummy because she does all the cooking and all the washing." <gasps> And I looked at this and I, and anyway, so I've written in a big open letter for him to have later on in life. Um, but yeah, that's part of it. I really just wanted to have an online record of the things I stand for so that, I don't know, when my kids Google my name or whatever in the future, mm-hmm. I'll go, oh, geez, mum, mum had some things to say and that's sort of not half bad or yeah lovely so obviously you use that I know that you already know the answer to this question because we've talked about clients that we might want to move along um, because of this exact reason but you do use it to help choose clients that you want to work with right I do absolutely especially especially when I sort of publicly or not in my copy identify as a feminist because I, I sort of I don't want someone to come along and and be one of those well, why can't we all just be equal or, or you know, someone yeah. might just go, oh, she's a feminist, I don't want to talk to her. And that's fine because I probably don't want to talk to that person. Yeah. And it, it's really just a good, um, it's been a really good trick of uh, of the self-weeding copy. Yeah. 
to, yeah. to put it out there who I am um, as a person and, and and give them an idea of how I'm going to be to work with, but also draw some lines. You know, you, I'm not going to write copy to promote, you know, friggin' milkshake powder or yeah, you know, no, that's me too. Milkshake powder, powder, like people who do high-rise developments in rural areas and uh, humans who leave dogs in cars. They're my hmm. they're my definite nose. Yep. Yeah, I love that, and I love you know I love a self weed. A, a client who decides that they're not right for you by reading your website is is gold as far as I'm concerned. So it saves you a lot of work. Doesn't it? And a lot of heartache and a lot of, oh, my God, why am I doing this? Everybody hates me and this is not right. And none, none of that happens as soon as you get the wrong clients to self-weed. So exactly. I wanted to ask you why you think that so many women are scared to be known for their personal beliefs and have those kind of personal values mixed up in their business brand. Well, Why do you think we're chicken? I think, um, okay, so a few things. I, I think when we come to business, especially for the first term, yeah. you know, we know that we can do that thing like, you know, I might be able to make handbags or pencil yeah. cases or whatever. And I might know that I'm really good at that. But the businessing part is what makes it difficult because yeah. you, you, have all, you have people doubting you. As soon as you say, I'm, I'm going to go into business now, you might have a few people cheering, but a lot of people are going to be like, oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Um, and and when you put yourself out there and put um, who you are on the line, it is, it's confronting. Yeah. Because we're seeing a part of our personality that we, we're not always 100% comfortable with ourselves. For sure. Yeah. But, and, um, and, and I think a lot of us feel like if we have an opinion on something, that opinion has to be set in stone. And that we can never go, oh, you know what, I've made a mistake about that. I've changed my mind. I might want mm. to backtrack or I've learned this thing. It's almost like the business brand has to be fully evolved and therefore we can't yeah, ever change tack on something. And, and because, you know, we're not, we're not fully grown at 40. I'm no. certainly not. And so, you know, a lot of us who are starting businesses in our 30s and 40s and 50s, like still we're not 100% sure about every single thing that we believe in. We still need the space to be able to, change our mind exactly and I, I think um, I was looking at a post that came up on my Facebook feed the other day and it really made it obvious how much my brand has evolved in, in a fairly short <laughs> space of time like when I first started out it, it, not that the copy was terrible but it was all you know it was nice and yeah warm Pleasant. and fuzzy Pleasant. and it, yeah. it was nice but it was very and here it comes it was very vanilla Jay and, um, <laughs> and I used to read over it and just you know how sometimes when you're talking to a boring person, you have this little voice that just interjects um, with their comments? I had that little voice going up in my head. At yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, this, no, this isn't, this isn't what I want to put out there. But I think yeah. it is scary because, um, and it was scary, but I just thought, no, I'm just going to do it because I can't live with it the way it is. Yeah. But... Um, as women, we're sort of, um, we want to be nice. We do. And, and you're expected to be nice. Yes, and we and don't that's probably more it. Yeah, we don't, we don't necessarily, like, really want to be nice all of the time. We would yeah. rather be solid in our convictions, I think, but we yeah. are expected to be um, pleasant to people. And I think that you, like, something that's that you and I have talked about before, the most terrifying thing about actually being somewhat yourself on the internet is that people are not going to like you. They're definitely not. It's not a might not. Yeah, 
it's like someone is going to yeah. not like the fact that women are not, especially women, are probably not going to like the fact that you go where they are not comfortable going. That's right, because you're sort of, um, you're hitting them right in their insecurity, if, if that makes any sense. And, yeah. and that can be hard to, to, to feel and to hear. But and it's sort of as soon as you stand for something, even if it's something pretty plain, but let's take an extreme example. Like if you say, if you make a statement about abortion, then boom, you have polarised your own audience. Totally. And, um, and, you know, some people are going to really hate you. Some people are going to love you. Some people are going to go, well, I just don't know. But, um, but you have to be able to take the not likers mm. and people thinking, that you're a bitch or that you, I don't know, whatever. Because because the people who don't like you, as you know, Jay, they're not going to be your customers anyway. So you may as well make it really easy. No, you can lay down and do your very best doormat impression and they still will not bring you into the clique. Nope. Exactly, exactly. So I'm sort of, um, it is scary because we're sort of, condition not to take up that space mm. in a literal and figurative sense mm. we're not but um and so it is it's scary and it's hard to do it but it's um I, it really is worth it as i've sort of i've said to you before in my copy um since i've sort of brought more of my my true self into my brand it, it's given me a lot of confidence it sort of permeates into other areas of my life so mm. yeah well, I, I, I think, think it's that's... an exercise worth doing Absolutely. And I think that that's where some of us go wrong, where we think that our business brand and our personal brand voice are like are two different things. And really, they're, they, mm. when, it, when they work, they're blended beautifully together. And so if you're trying to keep them compartmentalised, yeah. that's a struggle. When you embrace yourself in one area, it makes it much easier for you to embrace this one the other. So if there are women listening to this who are like, yes, I have personal brands, they're just hidden somewhere deep, dark, in the recesses of my please don't look here. Um, like feminism, what are the three things that you would tell people so that they, women, so that they can bring their personal values into their brand? So I would say um, one thing to do is to practice writing like you, which sounds, <laughs> it sounds a bit nuts, but we're not used to writing like an unedited version of ourselves. Yeah. I mean, obviously in your web copying, whatever you are going to edit the hell out of it but but it has to sound like you it has to sound natural it has to sound easy and that um that takes practice it does and not everybody can do it straight away and not everybody likes to do it because we're used to putting those veneers up in our writing and, mm -hmm. and um you know especially in academic writing it's still a bit of a um a bit of a no-no to to write in first person and, yeah. and not say i and things like that which is mm. You know, people have those hangovers when they start to write their own copy. Um, so, yeah, practice writing like you and I would say rehearse it. So read it out loud and if it sounds wooden, then you need to go back and just get a more natural flow. Okay. So it takes practice. Yeah. And second thing? Uh, second thing is, well, this is pretty much... I think I just covered that really, but it's kind of like you don't need to be nice. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you don't want to be horrible to your clients, but um, but to create self-weeding copy, you need to make your ideal client go, "Oh my God, yes!" When I when they find you, instead of thinking, "Yeah, I don't know, I don't know about that." 
Mm. So just make sure it sounds like you and don't be afraid to be who you are. Lovely. And my my third point sort of goes on from there, and this is a very feministy sort of uh, observation, <laughs> but um, when you're writing your copy or you're reading somebody else's, another woman's, then just take note of how you perceive your words or another woman's and and just really check yourself. If, you, if you're thinking, no, she's opinionated or I don't like that, just really sit back and think whether you're judging her on the same standards that you would judge a man saying the same thing. Yes. Oh, my goodness, so important. Ingrained misogyny, we might like to think that we're not affected by it, but of course we are because we're conditioned by it. Even with loving parents that want us to do well, you know, we all have these cultural and social uh, conditions that, that get put into our upbringing, whether our parents want it or not, or, you know, or other people that influence us and society at large. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen to the PM's comments about women not succeeding at the expense mm-hmm. of men. God. How ridiculous. I know, and we don't need to hurt, we don't need to get in the way of that. Like, we, we're already up against it. When we do that to each other, what we're doing, and, and I don't think feminism isn't you have to love every other woman. It just means that you have to be invested in the cause so that as as one we rise a little. Um, <clears throat> and so when we get in each other's way and we and we like that to each other, you know, we're not we're not helping. What we're doing is we're just setting each other back. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. You sort of you're just doing the patriarchy a big favor when when you um, when you carry on. It's sort of it's a self replicating model. The patriarchy. Yeah, and that and that's how it works by um, by ingrained misogyny. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I saw I was watching House of Cards, which is one of my favourite shows. <laughs> my friend Kendall yeah. loves it too. <laughs> yeah, it's it was so good, but yeah, and it had it had Kevin Spacey as the president yep. of America. Yeah. But then, as they we didn't. probably all know, yep. <laughs> he had Me Too movement revelation, and so yep. hit the the co-star Princess Buttercup from. Yep. Or Robin Wright, which is her actual name. Um, she she took the role, and she sort of you know they killed him off, and um, she was the president, and she was telling off her all female cabinet for the same thing, for making sure that they judge her on the standard as a president, and not as a female president. Mm-hmm. And I and so sorry to go off the track a little bit, but I, I that really resonated with me, and I think we need to just check ourselves that we're not doing that with our copy, with another woman's copy, or even just in general. Speak to each other. Yeah, absolutely. And I love um, something that you've written to me before um, that I've got here in the notes. Um, we don't want to be doing patriarchy, patriarchy a big favour. That's I love right. That. They don't need any more favours. Exactly. They've, they've got a sort of a bit of a leg up and we need to stop doing their dirty work for them. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my God. I love you so much. As you know, anyway, we should wrap up because they're so crisp first podcast. Otherwise we could talk for another four hours. So I do need to ask you what is so crisp in your life right now, Jennifer? Okay. So for now I'm sort of, I'm I'm working towards a multi-tiered business model. So I've got my, my copywriting and blogging, which I like. Yep. Um, but I'm also starting to write articles and pitch them yes. um, to other places. So that's sort of something that I've just started to get going. Yep. Also, I have my honest my honest greeting card mm-hmm. project that's still in the 
in my head stages really. But that's sort of a bit of a creative project that I, that I might want to get off the ground. And um, I'm also thinking of doing a bit of a fringe show maybe next year. That is uh, awesome. I'm so yeah. up for that. If you, if, you, if you don't come to Perth, I'm coming to you to watch. <laughs> yeah, it'll be songs and stories about live perfection. That's my working title. But nice. I've got to get some musos on board or at least one or two. So just watch that space. Awesome. Thank you very much. This has been So Crisp and my special tasty guest has been Jen from Blurbology. Jen writes brave blogs and articles for real women so they can help smash the patriarchy and the lie of perfection. You may have noticed this is not a regular Nuts and Bolts podcast about copy. You can get those elsewhere. We're looking for crisp new ways to discuss wordy elements. So if you have a suggestion, drop me a line. Jay at crispro.com.au. May your day be crisper than the day old sandwich I just found in my son's school bag. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.